Hi everyone, it's Charles here from the GHFC with podcast number seven. Now the events that follow relate to incidents at my workplace that occurred in 2010 and 2011. After having already experienced a mental health breakdown in late 2004 at the age of 45 which uh, mainly was a direct result of my own lack of awareness, some may say ignorance, of what a mental health issue is, combined with my traditional English stoicism, in turn exacerbating the stigma associated with speaking up and seeking support with a mental health issue. So here we go. Ten years on, a memoir of workplace toxicity. What follows is factual. It, It really happened. The events highlighted are as experienced and documented by me at the time. Uh, They're not reliant on recollection or distortion with the passing of time. Now, names have not been included, uh, titles only, at my own discretion, not so much for legal reasons, more that there is nothing to be gained by naming and shaming. Ten years on is simply a reflection of the time it has taken for me to become comfortable in sharing my story. For the benefit of my own mental health well-being, I buried these events. Uh, However, 10 years on, I feel compelled by a deep responsibility to to so many employees, employers, management groups, uh, employee groups, executive groups, company directors and, and shareholders to share my experiences in the hope that we can eradicate workplace toxicity. The Catalyst. Senior Sales Council meeting Sydney, April 2010. Initial concerns regarding the head of sales by his senior sales manager group. The head of sales took the opportunity during opening discussions to advise all 10 senior sales managers present of the way in which our performance was to be measured from here on in. Any senior sales manager with key performance indicators which rank them in the bottom three for 2009, then also rank them in the bottom three at the close of the first quarter 2010, would receive a poor performance letter which will be added to their employee file. This same parameter would then apply at the close of each quarter moving forward, resulting in improvement or eventual termination. Well, being sales managers, we were by our very nature result driven. To be told our futures relied on a bottom three ranking in KPIs was both heavy handed and amateurish. Traditionally, our performance was measured against a raft of competencies, not just KPIs. Uh, So understandably, we all felt our security of employment was under threat. As there had been no prior discussion with the senior sales manager group prior to this announcement, it was received as a virtual bombshell and became the catalyst for all previous concerns about the leadership and management style of the head of sales to reach boiling point. We were also extremely concerned about two of our colleagues both being under unbearable duress as a result of ongoing disputes with the head of sales. One was now on sick leave, the other, as it soon transpired, in a very emotional state, having a most negative impact on her mental health. As it turns out, both were soon to be fired by the head of sales. Immediately following the meeting, this head of sales departed overseas on business. 
Over the next few days, the senior sales manager group were sent off-site for training with an external leadership development specialist focusing on selection and recruitment best practice. Well, during that first day of training, it was apparent that we were all somewhat distracted. The facilitator advised that she was aware of the distractions, feeling it best that this be settled prior to the course continuing, at which point the head of human resources joined the group discussion. A whole litany of issues relating to the head of sales came to the surface, including his lack of inclusion in decision-making, his arrogance in dismissing and disregarding our views, his total lack of respect and support, his manufacturing of workplace situations so as to put a senior manager in an unfavourable light, his ridiculing of team members in front of others his derogatory remarks with regard to members of the executive group while engaging with customers, and his requests to hold back on providing information to senior executives visiting from the regional or global head office. The head of HR advised she would document our concerns to our managing director at the time being on the same business trip as the head of sales via email that evening. Now, prior to her sending the email, she provided me with a copy so I could confirm with the senior manager group that all the points had been covered. This I did, uh, adding pertinent uh, feedback from the group. Anxiety. May 2010. Elevated levels of anxiety and feelings of depression. As a result of this most unsettling experience, I became increasingly anxious and depressed. And although on constant daily medication, so as to assist in the management of a previous anxiety condition, I found it necessary to recall the strategies for coping with anxiety as provided by my psychologist at the time, being deep breathing, relaxation exercises and meditation. I then went about my business until such time that as no follow-up had been forthcoming, I requested a progress report from the Head of Human Resources. She advised that the Head of Sales was to address these issues one-on-one -on -one at my upcoming performance appraisal review. Well, this review took place in early May. However, the only topic available for discussion being the new way in which uh, our performance was to be measured the head of sales assuring me that the intent was only based on sustained underperformance. I reminded him that this was not the way the message was delivered, which he refuted. I then asked if it was in the plan to provide clear written communication on this new performance measurement format, to which his response was highly unlikely. All the other issues remained undiscussed. Entrapment, late May 2010. Allegations of bullying, intimidation and harassment. At the end of May, I received an email from the head of sales to join him for a chat. I was under the assumption the meeting was convened as a result of the concerns raised by his senior manager group following our discussions with the head of human resources. The head of sales opened the meeting by advising that it was in regard to bullying, intimidation and harassment claims made against me by an associate from our sales support team. I was totally taken aback, partly by the allegations and, and partly by the deception. I advised the head of sales that it was my belief that the meeting was to discuss issues related to his leadership performance at which point I rose to leave the meeting to seek the advice of the Head of Human Resources. 
the head of sales repeatedly and quite aggressively asked me to sit down, stating that he was my boss and if I was told to stay seated, I should. I declined, feeling extremely harassed and intimidated. I then paid a visit to the head of HR. A call was waiting for her, to which I let her know it would be the head of sales, then relayed the events above. She took the call and the head of sales said he was coming down. And the meeting was now between the head of sales, the head of HR and me. The head of sales reinforced that the meeting was to be about the bullying, intimidation and harassment issue, to which I responded by saying it would have been courteous to indicate that the meeting was a performance-based meeting as opposed to a chat, especially in light of all the concerns expressed by senior managers in recent weeks. He asserted that this was not his understanding, repeating that the topic is to be the issue regarding bullying, intimidation and harassment. The head of HR supported the head of sales in this, saying that she didn't always advise people as to the subject of meetings she called. The admonishment from the head of sales then took place, where I was asked to recall, my, uh, recall any issue which could be construed as bullying, intimidation and harassment, to which I responded, I was totally unaware. However, if my passion for the topic under discussion with the members of sales support are concerned may have come across as overzealous, rest assured no derogatory or personal attacks were made about or to those associates concerned. I expressed my deep regret if it was the case that my passion had caused hurt. At no time during the meeting was I actually provided with a transcript of what it was I was alleged to have said or done to have caused offence or hurt. I certainly had no recollection. The Head of Human Resources then asked why I thought this had only happened now and not in the past. I replied that it may be that the recent Human Resources Bullying, Intimidation and Harassment in the Workplace Awareness courses, which had been running during this same week, had focused attention on the issue. The head of HR suggested that although the courses were top of mind, they were obligatory for all employees and maybe they had illuminated an issue that before would be dealt with by the parties themselves. Well, I asked where we went from here and the head of sales responded that as no party was laying a formal complaint, it would serve as a learning with awareness of how, to, of how an individual's passion can be construed as aggression. He then went on to add that these two incidents were not the only ones to be raised against me in the past, uh, as one other sales support associate, no longer with the business, had arrived in the head of sales office in tears, saying uh, my comments had upset her. I advised the head of sales that I was not made aware of any such complaint, suggesting that he owed his staff a duty of care by bringing such issues to light at the time as opposed to holding them back until another allegation is made or when it suits his agenda. I went on to say that if this situation had been discussed with me earlier, then my level of awareness would have been raised, such that in a stressful time, I would have applied strategies to ensure a repeat scenario did not eventuate. His response was that he didn't feel that talking with me at the time of the alleged complaint was justified as it didn't seem to be a major issue for the associate, or the associate or for him. I responded that in future I would appreciate if he did extend his prerogative of a duty of care and keep all parties in the loop. I then suggested the incidents themselves may well be born out of current anxiety and angst of the unsettled atmosphere between the head of sales and his group of senior managers caused by the ongoing failure 
by him to address his leadership issues. Asked for more explanation, I replied that since our staff meeting in April, the current undertow of uncertainty relating to his failure to clear the air on the issues raised would have undoubtedly fueled the level of frustration resulting in what was otherwise an uncharacteristic perceived action of bullying and harassment by myself. His response being that he and I had clarified these issues at the appraisal discussion in May and reached agreement, to which I had to reinforce that the agreement I remembered reaching was that senior managers would need clear written guidelines as to performance criteria based on sustained underperformance, which the head of sales advised would not be forthcoming, on which we agreed to differ at the appraisal session. Well, the head of sales brought the meeting to a close, acknowledging that I was sincerely apologetic if my actions, born out of a combination of passion and stress, were construed as hurtful and would certainly not be repeated. The head of HR agreed with this satisfactory outcome. Throughout this episode, I felt that it was I who was the victim of bullying, intimidation and harassment at the hands of the head of sales and the head of human resources. Over the weekend and, and following weeks, I was in a state of heightened anxiety and depressed. Fortunately, I was able to apply the cognitive behaviour strategies as recommended by my psychologist back in 2004 to maintain a level of equilibrium. So there you have it, the, the opening episode in a series of three from my book, 10 Years On, A Memoir of Workplace Toxic Toxicity. A part two will be available as from next week. Well, many thanks for listening. Stay mentally well. Regards, Charles, at the GHFC.